Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. That'll help you wake up and use a little energy into the beginning of your February. For the majority of the United States now, we're into the second month of the year. We stumbled down this rabbit hole. I kind of sprained my ankle on this rabbit hole. I've got a bunch of holes in my yard that need to be filled this spring because moles have dug up holes. Jerks. But for now, the rabbit hole is about leap year and leap year birthdays because it is a leap year in 24. And we've discovered all kinds of fun facts about people in the United States who were actually born on February 29th. How many people in the U.S., how many people worldwide. There's a secret society. They have a secret handshake. You cannot get in unless you have the secret handshake. <laughs> and so that's been kind of fun. And we're just wondering when you celebrate your birthdays, do you do it the 28th or do you do it March 1st? And how do you actually count the number of years do you go by actual birthdays or do you go, as our one caller said, chronologically? Eh, I say it's special. You should only mark your birthdays once every four years. But when you're a kid, that's probably not acceptable since everyone else around you is having birthday parties and balloons and ice cream and clowns. I think clowns are not a thing anymore. Uh, and then, And then they get treated special and you have to wait four years. So I understand. I understand. You can find me on Twitter, A-Law Radio, also on our Facebook page, After Hours with Amy Lawrence. We're going to get back to more of the Travis, Kelsey, Justin Tucker, Patrick Mahomes flap. I'm still Team Tuck, even though he absolutely was doing it on purpose. A little bit of gamesmanship. I'm telling you, it's been on TMZ, and the Kelsey brothers dropped their new podcast on Wednesday. So we have Travis giving his description of what happened. Also, Micah Parsons resurfaces. He's emerged from his darkness retreat that lasted for the last three weeks after the Cowboys were dumped out of the playoffs by the Packers. Uh, Kevin Durant is back in Brooklyn. Eh, I'm kind of met on it. Uh, not nearly as exciting as or newsworthy as Damian Lillard being back in Portland. Come on, bro. Come on, bro. Uh, and then, uh, this is funny. I know it's early. We're not yet to the Masters. We're not to the first major of the golf year. But I'm telling you, I was right all along when it came to the PGA Tour. And I will explain. Uh, so make sure you find us on social. We've also got our YouTube channel. You'll need that next week when we're in Vegas for Super Bowl week. We'll be there Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night for shows. And we'll be working Radio Row throughout the day. We're taking your Vegas suggestions. Whether we want them or not, you're sending them. So thank you. Uh, you guys are all hands on deck for Super Bowl week in Las Vegas. We found out the seventh NFL head coach to be hired 
On Wednesday, the Seahawks announced it will be a defensive coordinator. Uh, This is what happens when your defense is damn good, like Baltimore's. You lose a bunch of pieces. And so Mike McDonald will be hired in Seattle and introduced coming up on Thursday morning to replace Pete Carroll, who, of course, had the tearful, emotional press conference when he and the Seahawks decided to, quote, part ways. Following our season-ending meetings uh, with ownership in the planning sessions, it's clear that, uh, and for a variety of reasons, um, we, we have mutually agreed uh, to set a new course and uh, for the club um, to, to take on new leadership. And uh, that's just a decision that's been made, and, and uh, um, there's a lot that went into that and a lot that went behind that. It's been an honor and a thrill to be part of this program, and uh, I've loved every minute of it, and uh, <clears throat> you've watched me love it. I thought Pete Carroll might end up with another job, but doesn't have one yet. So what's his role in Seattle as they transition to a new era? We're pleased to welcome Greg Bell, longtime Seahawks insider with the News Tribune. And Greg, we know now that it's Mike McDonald coming out of Baltimore. What do you think of the new head coach of the Seahawks? The way this came down, Amy, and how slow played, John Schneider, the GM for Seattle, made this. It became obvious Mike McDonald was the target. The way they were stringing out second interviews, and it it was going into the fourth week of the search since they had fired Pete Carroll on January 10th, it was becoming pretty obvious to me that they were waiting on Mike McDonald to become available to talk to. Of course, as most people know, the new NFL interview rules for head coaching vacancies meant the Seahawks had to wait basically until the Ravens season was over to talk to him. They had missed the early window right before the wild card round began to talk to coaches from the top seeds of each conference. Mm. That's because it took three days after the season before they fired Carroll, and those three days is when the window when they needed to have requested McDonald. So they missed the first go-around of interviewing him. So they didn't talk to him for the first time, Amy, until Tuesday in Baltimore when John Schneider got on uh, the, the Allen family's private plane and flew there. And then the second interview was today when they hired him oh my gosh. At, at the team facility. So that shows you how predestined they were on him, that they were going to go boom, boom, talk to him back to back, fly to Baltimore to, on his terms to talk to him first. And if that went well, then fly him straight to Seattle for the very next morning to make him the coach. They waited three plus weeks for this, just specifically for the Ravens season to end to talk to McDonald. So as this whole was playing out, I could tell they were waiting on McDonald, and if McDonald liked what they were saying, he was going to be the new guy, even though he's 36, even though he's now suddenly the youngest coach in the NFL. <laughs> and Amy, in three weeks' time, the Seahawks went from the oldest coach right. in the league to the youngest coach in the league, half of Pete Carroll's age at 36. Wow. Well, what do you know about him so far? A couple intriguing things. One is he still has a LinkedIn page. <laughs> what NFL head coach has a LinkedIn <laughs> He still has his grade point average from grad school on there. That's fantastic. A a 4.0 in sports management from the University of Georgia. It's interesting. He quit playing football after high school. He was in suburban Atlanta high school, Centennial High School there. And then he went to the University of Georgia to be a college student. And while he was there, he got a job across town from the UGA campus at Cedar Shoals High School in Athens, Georgia. And it was known as a downtrodden program where the kids weren't really invested in football. 
and he became the freshman coach at, while still a college student wow. at, in a high school. And the coaches there loved him. And he instantly bonded with the teenagers and motivated them and got the program all jazzed about football to where he went right to the varsity. It got so much that the Georgia coaching staff, the University of Georgia across town, began to hear about this college kid as a coach, a football coach at a local high school. And so Mark Rick at the time, 2010, hired him to be a graduate assistant at the University of Georgia staff. And that's how Mike McDonald began as a college kid his coaching career, and then from Georgia he became a quality control coach, and then in 2014 John Harbaugh hired him to be an intern with the Baltimore Ravens, and that's how he got into the NFL, and then after being a position coach for a few years and a trusted one, uh, John Harbaugh said, well, we have Wink Martindale as our defensive coordinator here in Baltimore, but my brother needs one <laughs> in <laughs> the University of Michigan, and they hired Michigan and, and Jim Harbaugh hired Mike McDonald to be Michigan's defensive coordinator for the 2021 season, and Michigan went from 113th in defensive efficiency in the country to 13th, and they won the first Big Ten title at Michigan since 2004. And it was an instant success there right. with his disguises and blitzes and confusing offenses. And so then Amy, John Harbour said, we got to get you back to Baltimore and <laughs> and change you out. And they fired Wink Martindale and made Mike McDonald, the defensive coordinator, before the 2022 season. And that's how he got to where he is today after having the first defense in NFL history that had the most sacks, the fewest points allowed, and the most takeaways in one regular season this past year. Sounds like a wonderkind. It does. He <laughs> sounds like Doogie, Doogie Howser football coach. <laughs> He looks like him, too. He doesn't even look 36. <laughs> I'm interested to meet him for the first time tomorrow, but he looks more like 26. It's such a juxtaposition, Amy, after having Pete Carroll for so many so many years, 14 years of dealing with Pete Carroll and his stories about Bud Grant and Lou Holtz. And he, <laughs> Pete Carroll had been coaching since Nixon was the president. Oh, my gosh. And now we've got Mike McDonald here, half his age, the youngest coach in the NFL, it just underscores how much they wanted to change, how much team chair Jody Allen told John Schneider, we're firing Pete Carroll to be completely different and get younger, newer, find the newest ways. The only guess surprise in all that is that they didn't hire an offensive coach but a defensive coach to continue what was Pete Carroll's style for 14 years. Mm. Greg Bell is with us from Seattle after they announced the hiring of their new head coach, one of the last in the league to make this choice. He covers the team for the News Tribune, and it's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. I know it's been a few weeks, but what was your reaction when you heard about Pete Carroll getting fired? Because I was surprised. Oh, we were surprised, too. Uh, we Every indication out here, Amy, was that Jody Allen, the team chair, did not want a regime change, that she was going to let Pete Carroll coach as long as he wanted to, and he was under contract through the 2025 season, an option year. He could have coached past his 75th birthday, would have made him the oldest coach in the NFL history. And it looked like that's what was going to happen because Jody Allen has an estate sale going on with her brother's estate. It includes the Portland Trailblazers and a ton of the, the assets that her brother Paul Allen had, her late brother who died in 2018, underwater sea exploration, spatial exploration, philanthropy, clean water in Africa finding cures for cancer, you name it. And the Seahawks are a part of that. And it's going to take years for the estate to come around to selling the Seahawks, but it is destined to be sold. That's what Paul Allen wanted in his will. 
So the thought was that because of an imminent, indefinite when, but an eventual sale of the Seahawks, they wouldn't want to change the regime and start with a new coach and a new direction before that might happen. But this past season was so galling. The defense that they had spent so much money, tens of millions of dollars in new contracts, a generational draft pick, fifth overall on defense, and it actually got worse than it was in 2022. They were worse against the run, 31st. They were 30th overall in defense. One of the worst NFL defenses got even worse this past season. And, Amy, the New Year's Eve game when they played Pittsburgh, out here in Seattle, the Seahawks had to win the last two games of the regular season and would have walked into the playoffs, clinching it by themselves, controlled their own destiny. The Steelers came out here on the ropes trying to fight for their own playoff lives, and they absolutely punished the Seahawks on their home field. The whole lower deck was full of gold, terrible towels. It was a really embarrassing day, 202 yards rushing for the Steelers. The Seahawks knew it was coming and still couldn't stop it. I think that was the day that Jody Allen and her right-hand man, Burke Cold, Balkanink's vice chair, decided we're making a change, that this isn't going to work anymore, and it's not going to get any better. They were getting tired of just being 9-8, and eight, and this franchise, for all its history they had with Pete Carroll, hasn't been past the division round since 2014, their last Super Bowl season. And that had to change in, in Jody Allen and John Schneider's minds, and Allen picked Schneider's ways over Carroll. Carroll fought for the job. He was open in saying he wanted to keep coaching and didn't think he should be fired. But they wanted a new direction, and that's why they made the change, and they got younger with the most innovative defensive mind in the game. What is his role with the team now? Oh, (laughs) that was all PR spin about the advisor, and we're just moving his roles. Carroll has no interest in that. He said he keeps getting asked about it, and he's like, well, I don't even know if to define it. I don't really care right now. And John Schneider has since been asked about it, and he's very equally nebulous. And, well, we'll figure that out. <laughs> he had no role in this hiring of his successor. Uh, it's his replacement more than it's his successor. They're going in a completely different direction. Uh, I'm not surprised if Pete Carroll would just go out on his home on the North Shore, Hawaii, and stay there for a year with his wife, Connor, and then see if some coaches' uh, openings might appeal to him this time next year. But, no, he... he <laughs> He wanted to stay, and they kicked him out. He got fired no matter what they called it. Greg Bell is with us from Seattle. It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. Obviously a lot to address with the roster. You talked about the defense. I'm wondering about the offensive side and how different it looks in 24. So what's up for change, the potential for change on that side of the ball? Well, that's the big question now. You've hired a young whiz, hotshot defensive coordinator. Who's your offensive guy? Who's the offensive mind? It looked like it might be Ben Johnson. They interviewed him in Detroit. Uh, John Schneider did on Monday before they interviewed McDonald on Tuesday in Baltimore. But then Johnson, as we all know, withdrew from consideration and stayed with the Lions. I mean, go back to Jim Moore replacing uh, Mike Holmgren in 2009, then Pete Carroll for his 14 years. It's been defensive first coaches here in Seattle for the better part of 15 years. So the thinking was if it's really truly going to be a different cut break from Carroll's ways, they're going to go with an offensive hot shot, just like Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan, two coaches that have just stuck it to Seattle the last few years in the NFC West. And then they go with the defensive mind instead. (laughs) So the hire of an offensive coordinator is a big, big deal. And that was what Schneider was talking about in the interviews with McDonald and all the eight candidates that they interviewed, who are you going to bring in offensively? 
The other issue that they talked about with McDonald and is the big, big picture out there for the Seahawks, the quarterback situation. I think the Washington job is more attractive than the Seattle job for an offensive mind head coach because of the quarterback situation, because Washington has the second overall pick in this year's draft, because they have 70-plus million dollars in cap space. The Seahawks are over cap space right now. They actually have to cut veterans before they even sign any. And they had the 16th pick in the draft, Amy, which is probably too low to get one of the top college quarterbacks who can come right in and play in the NFL right away. So what are they going to do a quarterback beyond 2024? They've got a quarterback at the present. Geno Smith is under contract. He's going to get a $12 million guarantee five days after the Super Bowl. But he's going to be 34 in October. His contract ends in 2025, which they could get out of after 2024 without much guarantee, no guaranteed money, actually. And even if they fulfill Geno Smith's contract, he'll be 35. His contract ends four years before Mike McDonald's does. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, so they need a future quarterback, right. and they don't have one. The backup, Drew Locke, who the nation saw rally the Seahawks past the Eagles on Monday Night Football in December, his contract's over, too. And that performance against the Eagles is going to get him some looks in free agency and some offers that will probably entice him to leave rather than sit behind Geno Smith again. So they have no backup nor no future at quarterback. Wow. And that's an issue for the offensive coordinator and for Mike McDonald and GM John Schneider to address here in this offseason. Do they draft one finally? Amy, they've only drafted two quarterbacks in their 14, Snyder's 14 years here. You, we all know Russell Wilson was one. Alex Magoo was another one from the seventh, <laughs> a seventh round a few years ago. Oh, dear. And that's it. So they have to change that because they don't have a quarterback of the future here. A lot of change in store for the Seattle Seahawks and a lot of change in store for another football team in the Pacific Northwest. So, Greg, got to have a few more minutes. We just need a few more minutes. You're going to have to hang on a quick break. And then I want to talk about Washington and its mass exodus. Uh, and also want to ask you about the other NFC West quarterback who's playing in the Super Bowl. Greg Bell joining us from Seattle. Cover. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Here's the Seahawks primarily for the News Tribune. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. This team was fun to coach. It was a, they came a long ways, uh, and I was really proud, you know, of the way everybody bought in and did what they did to have the success that we had. But at the same time, I felt like I could have done a better job um, if I was younger. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. It was the bombshell the same day that Pete Carroll was fired by the Seahawks. Nick Saban told his team and his coaching staff that he would be retiring. Wowzers, that was quite a day. The Wednesday after the NFL regular season ended. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Kalen DeBoer left his gig in Washington and was in Tuscaloosa within days. And that's where Greg Bell comes in. Once again, talking to him from the News Tribune in Seattle. And it's not just the Seahawks going through a ton of transition, Greg. We've also got Washington right on the heels of a national championship game appearance. Kalen DeBoer departs. Then you've got Michael Penix, who's at the Senior Bowl getting ready for the draft. We talk about the change for the Seahawks. What about the change for Washington it's incredible to go from Huskies to Tide, right? Yeah, I jumped in on the end of that, Amy. I jumped in at the Pac-12 title game covering the Huskies and the Seahawks at the same time. Then the Sugar Bowl, straight from the Seahawks season finale to the Sugar Bowl in New Orleans. And then the next week, went to Houston for the national championship game. It was a shock, to say the least, to the Huskies, to their infrastructure, to the staff, to their recruits to the players that were still underclassmen who had eligibility left at Washington that DeBoer left when he did. They were getting nervous the fact that DeBoer had not signed a contract that their athletic director, new athletic director, Troy Dannon, from, hired from Tulane this fall, said that they had one ready for him in November. DeBoer said he didn't want to sign it, and he said at the time it didn't want to be a distraction for the team. What ended up happening was DeBoer had recently signed Jimmy Sexton, the super agent that has – and almost the entire SEC, including Nick Saban, as clients. So Sexton knew that Nick Saban was about to retire, even mm. though no one else did. Of course, wow. his, agent, his agent would know that. Wow. Pretty sure that he tipped off his new client, DeBoer. Hey, there's a chance you could get the Alabama job. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so hold on to signing anything Washington might offer you. Amy Washington offered DeBoer up to $10 million a year, which is unheard of for Washington money. That's t- more than twice the highest contracts he had a, a, this UW's ever given. It's DeBoer was making $4.2 million this last year of his deal, and that was a renegotiated deal from last year. He was going to get more than two times, 2x of his salary, and he still said no. Wow. And that's the lore of the SEC in Alabama. And then all hell broke loose. <laughs> Everyone's right. transferring. Maybe. Uh. There are going to be 22 new starters on offense and defense. Have you ever heard of that? <laughs> no. 22 new starters for UW. The national championship team is going to have 22 new starters next year. College football is broken. I could go on a soapbox of about course, it. Of course, yes. I get that players should be paid, absolutely. 
I think players should be paid by a, a Jim Harbaugh model of the percentage of the television revenue that schools get to pocket. I don't think it should come from NIL, which has now become corrupt. And I think that the boosters eventually, like Washington boosters may soon be, are going to get tired of teams just becoming deserts overnight when a coach leaves. And when the booster money dries up, <laughs> that's when change will come. There may be a day, college football is wrecking itself so much, that there may be a day that boosters say enough's enough. Right. We're not going to pay for this. I'm going to go spend my money somewhere else instead of on a team that won't even resemble itself the next year. Uh, it's uh, Alabama's the same thing. They're losing perhaps even more guys, not right. 22 starters, but overall across its roster. Well, and now that Jim Harbaugh's jumped to the NFL, Michigan's <laughs> likely to look different too. Exactly. It's it's crazy. It's like pick-up football. <laughs> it, it's like you're at the playground just picking dudes from one day to the next. Oh, my gosh. It's absolutely insane. It is. Je- Jed Fish has come in from Arizona. And he's trying to stabilize this, but that guy has never stayed at a job for more than two years at any stop, anywhere. And so no one out here thinks he's going to stay very long. <laughs> it's absolutely crazy mm. to say the least. Yeah. The football scene in Seattle the last four weeks has been quite an adventure. I call it the come. wild, wild west. And, Literally. And now it's almost comical to hear the NCAA try to accuse a particular school in Tennessee yeah. of having NIL violations when it's a thinly veiled disguise for pay for play it almost needs to implode before they can figure out a way to do it with some long-term stability because right now it doesn't work at all no it doesn't and not only is a horse out of the barn the entire species of horse is out of the barn (laughs) and they need to take the power if it ends up being the big 10 and the sec the power conferences and separate them from the rest because the rest aren't interested in this arms race and this NIL and the transfers at will, but the, the power schools can afford it and will. I think you're eventually going to see a super league, and then you're going to have the rest of Division One that's going to split off. Ultimately, the NCAA is governed by the member schools. Right. So, so if the NCAA wants to change it, the schools themselves have to, and the most powerful, richest, influential schools in the Big Ten and the SEC don't want to change it. Mm-hmm. Greg Bell is with us here on CBS Sports Radio. Because you're in the NFC West and there's been this I call it odd. I don't really understand the criticism of Brock Purdy. But what is your opinion of him as the Niners quarterback from what you've seen so far? He wins. <laughs> That's my opinion. Right? He's, he's in a Super Bowl as a seventh-round pick last year. Uh, sure, he has games that he does throw wildly. The Green Bay game in the rain, the throws are going all over the place. He has a great supporting cast, yes. But I'm not going to compare him yet because he hasn't accomplished as much. But I grew up outside Pittsburgh in the 70s. He reminds me a little bit of Terry Bradshaw, who people had criticized long for not being intelligent, not having the skills to be an NFL quarterback. The guy won four Super Bowls in six years. A long, long time, a lifetime ago, Amy, I was an Oakland A's beat writer for the Sacramento Bee, a young 20-something beat writer. Ken Maka was the manager after I covered Art Howe. Hmm. And I had, the, I had the Cy Young vote one year for the Bay Area chapter of the baseball writers. And it was the year that Roger Clemens went 24-4, and four, but his ERA was near above four. And Pedro Martinez, I think it was, had a near 500 record, not that stellar wins and losses, but his ERA was around two. And the big debate was who should win the Cy Young Award that year. This was the early 2000s. And so I asked Ken Maka off the record in the dugout one day, who should I vote for, the Clemens or <laughs> Martinez? And Maka said something I've always remembered 
in covering and in dealing with professional sports. Ken Mock looked at me and said, Greg, sports is about wins and effing losses. <laughs> <laughs> and I always remembered that. Brock Purdy is about wins and not that many losses in two years. And uh, I have a hard time knocking a guy who's been as successful as he has, especially as a seventh-round pick. And we'll see what happens coming up Super Bowl Sunday. It's only one game left, and yet football seemingly has not taken a backseat in any way, shape, or form. (laughs) It's nonstop. The NFL is brilliant when it comes to the marketing and the planning of its quote-unquote offseason. It's almost psychotic. (laughs) (laughs) Someone has to cover it all the time. Yeah, The way it just never never ends. The The news is just manufactured. It's it is. True. It's like a sausage factory of news constantly. <laughs> All right. You can find Greg on Twitter at G Bell Seattle. And so he'll have the coverage of Mike McDonald's introduction as the new head coach. G Bell Seattle covers the team for the News Tribune and one of our favorites from the Pacific Northwest. Greg, thank you so much. It's great to have a couple of minutes with you. You too, Amy. Congratulations on your marriage. Let's make sure and put that out publicly. Congratulations thank on you. your new your new life. It's been so nice of people uh, like Greg to say that to me as we've caught up with them in the new year, though we're now into February for most of the country. And you could hear my reaction. I'm blown away by what he had to say about Kalen DeBoer and the way that he changed agents and how that agent represents a good portion of the coaches in the SEC and probably gave him some insider trading information, which is why he did not sign the deal that Washington had on the table. Wowzers. I have a friend who is still in the NFL, and he tells me it's always the agents. When you don't know who's the source of the leak, very often you can book it like clockwork. It's agents who are leaking this piece of info or that piece of info to try to make their client look better or to try to tarnish the rep of another a, a competing player, a competing coach, something like that. The agents are always behind the scenes, not only moving information around, but trying to gain information as much as possible for their own clients. Yeah, it's it's a cutthroat too. I have a one of my best friends is an agent and she has lost clients because she won't be unethical because she, you know, the, she has other clients agents will come and steal her clients and lie to her clients. And, and so, yeah, it's a very cutthroat business. Um, Obviously can be lucrative, but it's also cutthroat and definitely would not make it there. That would not be an area that I would really enjoy. Watch out for the knife in your back. Uh, But yeah, if if that agent actually is the reason why Kalen DeBoer got the job at Alabama, he deserves every penny. Because what are the chances that Kalen would have even been on the minds of Alabama or had been anywhere near the top of their list? And that job went so quickly. It was gone. What, 48 hours? Mm-hmm. We had already knew that Kalen DeBoer had the job. And so, yeah, I mean, if, if that is the reason why that agent is worth his weight in gold. Yeah, and that's their job. I mean, as much right. as we could talk about all the slimy aspects of it, and there are plenty, that's your job is to take care of your client, to know all these kinds of things and Mm -hmm. to see the stuff that's going to come down the road because he's got other things to do to do what he does best. That's your job. So good job by him by actually doing what he's supposed to. I never had an agent like that. Mine weren't quite that cut through. I've never had an agent. Uh, I never wanted to go down that road, and I 
Still don't. So as yeah. long as I don't have to, I don't want to. Right. I've had three different ones. The first one was a total sham. Didn't even bother. The second one actually helped me with my transition, leaving my previous network and coming here. Negotiated, and the company initially offered me a part-time contract, and I really couldn't move for that. And he was the one that got them to create a position for me and offer a full-time contract. Mm-hmm. So that was great. And then when I moved from doing the overnights on the weekends, when you and I first worked together, to this five night a week after hours gig. Mm-hmm. He was also the one that negotiated that. Uh, and so that was good. And then he was he decided he was going to go in a different direction and leave that agency and join another one. And I followed him for a bit, but he was way too busy. He just had, he had, yeah. and it was a huge agency that really I didn't have a place in. And so I went back to the original agency where he was, and that was a, they preached me and sold me a lot of stuff, but never did anything. Mm-hmm. So at that point I was done. I just decided that I would, do it on my own and yeah i mean the i would say the vast majority of the work i've gotten in my career has been solo like meaning i've found it myself yeah i mean look the agents come into play obviously for contract and the behind the scenes and all that it's it's everything else so if you can avoid and you don't have to go through some of that Mm. stuff the the one thing the agent helps is that they hear stuff that you don't want to hear that you don't need to hear right that's the way i look at it that's the helpful But they part also of it. theoretically should have ears to the ground about other jobs or yes. other openings, which was not necessarily my experience. When you say theoretically, that's right. the part you hope for, but you're not 100%. That's mm-hmm. where we talk about the agent for Caleb DeBoer doing his job. That's yes. the part that you kind of assume that they're doing, but they don't but always you, do. Right, and you don't know that they are. The biggest thing that they'll do when you talk about contract negotiation is almost like... Um, Almost like going through the arbitration for the player. You right. don't want to hear you run interference. Yeah, you don't. Yeah. You, you, you don't want to. You don't want the player anywhere involved with arbitrations. Not because you're worried about the nickels and dimes. It's you're worried worried about hearing all the stuff that's flying across. Yeah, you want to shelter them yeah. from that. Agreed. That's business aspect of, but that it it can mess up a business relationship sure. when you hear some of that. That's where the agent comes into play. They could deflect all that so the both sides don't need to say things that. They shouldn't be saying to each other. And the fine print. like For a lot of pro athletes, they don't know what the fine print is all about. So the agents who have to be attorneys, they have to be certified and licensed attorneys, they can do all of well, that. Well, that's the, that's the stuff with the contract. I mean, reading the, some of the fine print, any contract yeah. that you go through, anything that you sign. Right. Did you read the 75 page? Yeah, with... You know, all of it. Are you kidding me? I got yeah, I got through every line. I, no, I mean, even if I did, I don't understand half of it. No, like there's much of it because you you write it in legalese where you try to make sure that no one understands it. That's yeah. kind of the point. That's what your agent or your lawyer needs to do. Yeah, and then explain it in layman's terms so that I understand what you're saying. What does this paragraph mean? Oh, okay. Hmm. Yeah. Greg Bell in Seattle. Great stuff. One of our favorites. Uh, I swear he has a mind of an encyclopedia. He's like Marco. can remember everything. And his happens to be information. Plus, he served uh, and and uh, not only served uh, in the Army, but I... I don't. I, maybe special forces. I remember he was. Uh, he he was specialized. I can go and look on his Twitter. But anyway, he's awesome, from top to bottom. Cool guy. Okay, on Twitter, A Law Radio. Also on our Facebook page, After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Uh, you elite babies out there, we're hearing from you. Uh, straight ahead, Travis Kelsey is not a elite baby that I know of. He may just be a big old baby though. <laughs> Funny stuff from him and his brother in the wake of the AFC Championship. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. does that little stuff I think he's trying to get under our skin and I asked him to move his stuff and he, and he got up and moved it I think two inches um, but, but didn't move it out of the way and I, I, I was going to kind of let it slide but Travis kind of got it and moved it for me and then after that I wasn't going to let him put it back down we move on I mean I have a lot of respect for him as a player and as a kicker um, one of the best kickers of all time probably the best kicker of all time but at the same time you got to have respect for each team and we all share the field and we, we try to do that in a respectful way this is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. The voice of Patrick Mahomes. You know his voice. Kermit the Frog here. Uh, and that was on 610 Sports in Kansas City. Well, we've been waiting to hear from one Travis Kelsey, Jason Kelsey. And in light of the next Hall of Flame induction, your first in 2024, taking place on the last show of the work week, I suppose... It's the perfect time to let you hear from Travis about the pregame incident with Justin Tucker. So, yeah, they're telling different versions of the story. We're warming up, and we do our same warm-up every single time on our side of the field. For those of you that don't know what happens in pregames, the Ravens have their side of the field, and the Chiefs have our side of the field. Now, specialists, because of, like, the wind factor and yeah, they go to where both you sides are, they, get, they get a chance to kick at, at both field goals and kind of punt from both sides of the field. But it's always if you're if you're trying to go onto the other team's designated area, you kind of stay out of their way. You know, you you don't you don't interfere with what they have going on. That is the unwritten rule. That's the unwritten rule. If you want to be a <laughs> about it, you keep your helmet and your football and your <laughs> kicking tee right where the quarterbacks are warming up and they're yeah. dropping Eyes are looking left, and they got a, a helmet down by their feet. It's actually kind of dangerous, really. But Like, if you're not going to pick that up, I'll happily move that for you. <laughs> it is a complete crap. Uh, yeah, so they weren't having it. According to both Patrick and Travis, this is not normally how it's done, except in Baltimore. So Justin Tucker, who we know has got a bit of an ego, he recognizes that he's a badass out there as a kicker. He thought maybe, maybe he does this with every team, that he would run a little interference and see if he could get inside the head of one Travis Kelsey through Patrick Mahomes. Cracks me up. Yeah, they both say now that this was gamesmanship all the way. 
Justin came out and he said it was more of a joking gesture and kind of a fun competitive. And I get it. I mean, he was kind of winking at me, like being a d- about it, like trying to get under the skin. Yeah, he knew what he was doing. I get it, it but he got under me, skin and, a little me bit. and Pat, we were we've been having the same mentality for this game all week long, man. Yeah, and it was uh, you got to go in there and 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 have the right mind frame, have yeah. the right mindset, and we just weren't in a joking mood. Um, we yep. were ready to get after it, and uh, so Justin. Sorry if we took it to a level that you didn't think it'd get to that play, but if you're going to be a d- I promise you, I can, Yikes. I can one-up you every time, dude. Tucker's known for this. I mean, he's a legendary kicker, and he knows he knows how to poke the buttons. Arguably the best we've ever seen in the NFL, man. Oh, no, I don't even know if it's arguable at this point. I mean, and he does this, and there's other kickers that'll do it too, other punters. You know, it's definitely unwritten that you stay out of the way of the other team when they're trying to utilize the field. You find a way to work on the other side of the field when it makes sense. That's part of the game without in the game. And you could tell he's playing it in these clips. You can see he's his facial expressions. Yeah, exactly. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. Don't paint me as the bad guy. All right. He, was listen, he got under bear, your skin. Right? He got under your skin. And listen, it it. It worked. It got under your skin, but it worked in the wrong way because it was a record day for the Yeti. <laughs> it definitely was a record day for Travis Kelsey as he moves into first place in the history books. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Our phone number, 855-212-4227. That's 855-212-4CBS. The entire podcast was not about Justin Tucker and the pregame incident. No, but that was what people were still talking about on Wednesday. I mean, you went about a story that has legs. It has gotten bigger and bigger. TMZ covering it. Uh, I did see that Travis had done multiple other interviews on Tuesday, Wednesday, not just his own podcast, the New Heights podcast, which is where he and his brother appeared together. Now, if you don't know this podcast, it's a wide-ranging show. They go on for 90 minutes to two hours, and they start with these sponsored segments, so it actually takes them a good 30 to 40 minutes ever to get to the football and the topics. We had to listen through to a bunch of stuff. Uh, they they go through their mail bag. They've got ads they read. Uh, they talk about famous people who sent them tweets or or followed them on social media. So, yeah, it's not just football, and it takes quite a while. So we had to weed through a lot to get to this point. But they definitely talked about it. Uh, they also talked about Nick Sirianni. Now, remember, Sirianni was confirmed Uh, His return confirmed by the Eagles just going back last week, despite the fact that they had lost six of their last seven games and the fact that uh, they ended up falling out of the playoffs in the first round. And Jason was replying when it came to his head coach and all the vitriol he's heard. Nick, and I really mean this, is one of the best coaches I've been around and talking about coaching situational ball, really understanding what to do in the right moment, motivating guys. We coach things up in team meetings and hold people accountable better than uh, pretty much any other coach I've been around. Players love them. They'll play hard for them. I know it was a really year for us. I think that Nick has a lot to bring as value as the head coach and the uh, organizational leadership that he provides for the team. To a man, the Eagles have raved about him. I haven't heard anyone say anything negative about Nick Sirianni, nor have I heard them put it on him that they started 10-1 and and then fell off the edge. Speaking of the edge, Micah Parsons finally dropped a new episode of his podcast, and guess who his guest was? DeAndre Swift. 
of the Eagles, the running back. So a little tease to transition to Micah after the top of the hour. What did happen to Philadelphia after the hot, hot 10-1 and start? It's tough. It's tough. Um, you know, later in the year, people start playing their best ball later in the year. They come down, we ain't making enough plays, bro. That's how I feel. We ain't making enough plays. People might say play calling, coaching, whatever it may be, but at the end of the day, we out there, we got to make it happen. Whatever might get called, mm-hmm. players got to execute. It comes down to execution. So that's what I feel like we really didn't do a good enough job of. Like from top to bottom, we just ain't making enough plays. Ultimately, at the very base level, that's what it comes down to. Speaking of not making enough plays, well, the Cowboys got a taste of that. In fact, Micah Parsons can be more empathetic than pretty much anybody else when it comes to what DeAndre Swift is talking about because ultimately, as the Eagles dropped, the Cowboys took over the number two seed in the NFC. They had a home playoff game, which I thought was going to be critical for them. I believed that the number two seed was far more important for them than any other team in the playoffs because of how much different, how much better they played at home specifically the offensive side and yet it was all a total disaster and so you'll hear from Micah Parsons he has resurfaced he's re-emerged from his three-week darkness retreat it's after hours CBS Sports Radio this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.